Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others, and the planet. Welcome to episode 35 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. It is wonderful to have Pascal Dennis and Lorraine Simon back with us today for this second episode of a two-part series. Today, we'll be exploring the second and third roadmap elements from their book, Harnessing Digital Disruption. Let's get into the episode. Laurent and Pascal, thank you so much for joining us again today. Our pleasure, mate. (laughs) So guys, as part of um, capturing a bit more background on you, Pascal, I understand you have another passion in life apart from business improvement. Yeah, the uh, twin pillars of my life are management uh, and music. The foundation, of course, is my family, but uh, I'm a musician, a member of an international band and have, have been playing music all my life. And I've had the opportunity to connect with international band members now during the pandemic. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. But do you mind, do you mind sharing a little bit? Cause I understand you've got an album coming out that this we will get into and you're into the blues that I've got a bit I'm passionate about, but, but do you mind sharing a little bit? Yeah. I, I will say um, if it, you're at all interested, go to Pascal You'll see the band and you'll see our upcoming release, but uh One of the themes in harnessing digital disruption is that we want to jump to the fruit of innovation without preparing the soil, preparing the trunk. So um, we quote the great Albert King, blues man, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. That's so awesome. And it's so pertinent, Pascal, in relation to the episode that I guess we all want the fruits of the tree, but it's uh, often we don't understand what we need to go through to get there. That's cool. So, guys, we'll get into the episode now, into the content. But in the last episode, we explored your amazing backstory and how you both came to Link and write this, write this book considering all the change that's occurring in the world. Like digital disruption is massive right now. So we overviewed harnessing digital disruption and we deep dove into the leadership development program as part of sustaining that journey. And today we're going to go into the next two pillars of that. So we're going to go into, you know, overviewing the whole program again briefly and then going into the next two swim lanes in relation to, you know, forming the pragmatic innovator network and also, you know, targeted innovation. But do you mind guys, first of all, just overviewing the three swim lane again for our listeners. Perhaps I can give an overview and then Laurent will do a deeper dive. So um, sustained transformation requires uh, good soil. That means leadership, uh, clarity of purpose, uh, clarity of of logic and your strategy. Um, It means um, muscles. We have to be able to uh, innovate and sustain innovation. So that's the trunk of the tree. Um, So innovation muscles. And the fruit then is um, the protect your core business or 
ignite new growth, but all of that comes from a rich soil and a strong trunk. Yeah, that's neat. It's For a really me, the, 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 the main comment is that um, sometimes uh, with our clients, we see a tendency to cherry pick. And I mm -hmm. think uh, the, the secret sauce ingredient here is to actually consider the transformation as conducting the swim lanes in parallel. Mm -hmm. So Lorraine, you're saying you've seen without really focusing on the three swim lanes and running them in parallel, the transformation doesn't stick. It doesn't sustain. Absolutely. So if you don't start at the top, then you don't really have a very good digital literacy. You don't have uh, leaders leading by example and enabling the right behaviors, the right uh, uh, investments to, mm. to drive and steer the transformation. Wow. To Pascal's point, if you don't invest enough in the internal capability building, you might have a great vision, but not a strong uh, army to execute and make bring that strategy to life. And the, the fruits, obviously, is what everybody is interested in because this is where the, 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 the value generation happens. But again, then the question becomes, how do you uh, build a balanced portfolio which uh, articulates the two contradictory objective, which is on the one hand, protect your core business, which is a lot around laying the foundation and, and reforming the customer journeys, while investing in uh, building the future, which is creating new digital offering and even uh, testing out new business model. Yeah, wow. So it's very important for our listeners, you know, if this is a high area of interest, episode one is very important. So guys, today we're going to go into the final two swim lanes. We're going to deep dive into them. Do you mind if we head into the Pragmatic Innovator Network now and talk about that and the key elements of that swim lane of work? Maybe I can give an overview and uh, again, Laurent can do a deeper dive. So again, leadership, vision, culture is the soil, but now we need innovation muscle. We need capable innovators throughout the company and you need to decide strategically. We normally say one per 100. So if you've got 10,000 people, that's 100 innovators. Now, how do you support them? Well, you need um, a framework, uh, a, a robust, teachable, scalable innovation method, uh, which gives a shared language and a shared logic. Now, you've got to teach these people. So that means an academy. So what are the core skills? You need a way of assessing what the actual skills are, what the gaps are, and learning solutions to close them. You need a way of certifying and sustaining uh, the certification. Um, uh, then you need to communicate regularly. If you've got 100 pragmatic innovators across your company, we always say you need seven channels of communication. And that could be things like uh, boot camps. It could be monthly teleconferences. It could be a practice. We do a, a three-minute video after every proof of concept or MVP or major milestone so that everybody knows it. Um, we could have uh, learning groups. That's something I like very much. For example, let's say we must apply AI or blockchain to trade finance. So we'll have a study group, a learning group, and they will work together and communicate on a monthly basis. So seven channels of communication. And um, finally, you've got to make it easy for people to innovate. And that means a process. So we call it the InnoBox program, which is very similar to the Shark Tank approach. But also you've got to have 
an accounting method that measures and values things properly because innovation uh, cannot be measured well with conventional accounting. All the measures are zero. What's our market? Zero. What's our ROE? Zero, et cetera. And yet you may have an extremely valuable idea. So you need innovation accounting. So those are the four core elements of building your innovation muscles. And, and Laurent will, will give examples in greater detail. Yeah. So before I give you more details, just to clarify the last point made by Pascal. So the innovation accounting applies to the initiatives around igniting new growth. So that's the top of the tree. And of course, this is complementary to the traditional ROI or traditional accounting that applies to reforming the customer journeys. Because the way you would measure value here is driven by reduction, uh, you know, protecting the existing revenue base and hopefully increasing it and also reducing the unit cost of transactions. Mm. While the innovation accounting at the top, uh, the currency, if you like, is validated learnings. What does it mean? You need to clarify the assumptions that are underlying your, your project, and you need to gradually uh, perform a series of experiments so that you can confirm or kill those hypotheses. Mm. That's how you reduce the risk of investing too early in something that is not being proven. Yeah. And the key is to validate market traction. Mm. Wow. So back to the, the, the core components behind how do we go about installing a pragmatic, scalable innovation system in your company. The first one, of course, is the framework. And that's basically why we've chosen the, the Venn diagram as the book cover. Mm. What does it mean? What's the problem to solve? We need to build four capabilities, and to do that, we've integrated four methodologies. The first capability is to focus on the customer. The core question here is, does the solution wow? And this is all about design thinking. This is the heart symbol. The second core question is, does the solution work? This is the capability called rapid prototyping, and this is basically crystallized by agile development. Agile ways of working. The third capability is about scaling fast. Can we make money is the core question here. And this is around growth hacking. And everything is actually enabled by a series of ex lean experimentation, which uh, addresses the fourth question, which is how do we make data-driven decisions? And as you say in Australia, the intersection is where the shift happens. Exactly. Now, how did we do that? Um, basically, we've integrated those four uh, methodologies that you can see here, the heart, the infinite loop, the dollar sign, and the lab sign into a structured innovation curriculum, which enables our clients and uh, colleagues to ascend. What's the hockey stick curve? Whether you are working in a small company or in a big company, anytime you're trying to launch a new product, you run a, a pilot of any type, your dream is to have the, the sales curve go up as fast as you can. The problem is in real life, most of the time, you end up in what we call the more chasm. 90% of innovation projects just never find a market and they die. And therefore your goal is to be among the 10% who get up the 10X curve. And the way we go about it is by 
you know, giving the, the fundamentals uh, to the participants every step of the way, but then helping them apply that to their real life uh, projects. So the first step is called Explore and Ideate, and it's about validating the customer problem fit. Do we understand our target audience? Do we understand what are the top three problems they need to solve and for which they, there is enough pain so that they're willing to pay? The second step is design and validate. Once you understand that, you basically validate the problem solution fit with a series of mockups or prototypes. And it, to make things simple, the jargon here is you run discovery sprints and design sprints. Once you've validated that it's actually the case, you build your product. So you move from prototype to prototype, also called minimum viable product. So you basically build something that works and that addresses the most important uh, needs. This is the top features that you've been validating in the prior phases. And of course, the most famous uh, milestone is to validate product market fit. And that happens uh, during your soft launch and then at scale launch. And that's basically how you measure whether or not you've managed to avoid a morchasm. And that's giving you the scale phase, which is the 10x growth. And that is captured through a series of marketing and sales experiments that help you, um, you know, find many sweet spots in a market that is now global. If I could comment as a person with fresh eyes, I've been lucky enough to work with Laurent and his team's innovation teams over the years to see this with fresh eyes. And I thought that I understood um, agile ways of working and lean startup and growth hacking, but the method Laurent has developed is much more um, effective and sophisticated in a number of ways. Um, he, he talks in greater detail about dual track agile development. So the designer is much more deeply embedded in the process as opposed to what typically happens which is the designer hands it off. And then at the end, you just jettison all the, the key elements. So you forget and you miss the critical customer experience elements. Um, uh, so uh, this is a much more integrated approach, much more organic and holistic. And the result is uh, an entire customer experience, an entire customer journey, um, which I haven't seen in other innovation methods. So I have to tip my hat to my, my friend and colleague here for uh, putting this splendid process together. Yeah, I've got to admit, guys, when I read your book and I looked at and the customer journey mapping and that whole customer alignment came in up the front, yeah, I was very impressed. Thank you, guys. But again, uh, I'm not the only one doing that. It's just a matter of uh, making sure that you always validate everything with the customer. That's, that's the key. Mm. Now, the catch is how do you make the people who belong to the heart, the hipsters, the people who belong to the agile loop, uh, sorry, the infinite loop, the hackers, and the people who belong to the dollar sign, the hipsters work together in a seamless way. That's the key. Yeah. In my experience, usually the designers, the hipsters are given the, the, the short shrift and their insights are not really appreciated. And uh, this method uh, incorporates them to create an entire customer experience. I didn't really understand what that meant until I was able to observe and participate with Laurent yeah. in this process. Because you're bringing together all the elements there, aren't you guys? Because you're bringing together the innovators, the guys are able to cut code and make things happen rapidly. But then with the hustlers, you're bringing together the voice of customer and that complete customer integration. It's, it's, a, it's really powerful. Exactly. So, so as this uh, 
drawing wants to explain, you basically run work streams in parallel, addressing three core questions at the same level. The first one is, does it well, to your point? Does the customer care? Does he, see, does he or she see the difference? The second is, does the solution work? And the third one is, can we make money? Are we sustainable? Yeah, but I nice. want to insist, I'm not the only one to work like that. There are many people uh, who are working that like, it's just a matter of integrating those elements together. That's really the key. Yeah. So guys, I can see the pragmatic innovator network is a really key part of the whole journey because you've got the foundation of the leadership development program, that swim lane we spoke about in episode one happening. But here we're starting to really develop the capability, identify the people, build that capability, connect the people, and then actually starting to run, you know, experimental sprints and work through that cycle you've developed, Lauren, to really start to put it into action and get start to get some experience. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. So um, we wanted to maybe bring it to life uh, with a series of uh, uh, examples uh, focusing on financial services, but Pascal will give us additional example on manufacturing mm. to, again, uh, bring to life how we go about those three swim lanes together. Would that be okay? That'd be great. Yeah. So the first one is focusing on building the right culture. So um, we typically run digital executive forums, uh, sometimes uh, co-organized with INSEAD, uh, which basically enables the, 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 the C-suite to understand what good looks like. Um, a typical example of that is what DBS did uh, with the Gandalf program, uh, probably in 2016 or 2017 in Singapore. Their ambition was um, to be the wizard of uh, digital transformation and they ran the so-called Gandalf project, which means that to understand what good looks like, they paid a visit to Google, Amazon, Netflix, Apple, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And their goal was to put the D of DBS in the middle. So that's what Gandalf stands for. That made them realize how different uh, you need to work and organize your company if you want to release uh, uh, new features uh, every week, for example, or even faster when you, when you want to attach Agile with DevOps. And of course, uh, to, have, uh, to have a cloud-based uh, infrastructure. Those are very, very simple examples. Uh, Pascal is, is an expert in, in running a strategy execution program, which basically uh, takes the shape of executive coaching. Uh, Pascal, you want to explain what it is? Yeah, so uh, most senior leaders are extremely capable, want to do the right thing. Uh, and extremely good learners, but they, uh, like many people, will not be entirely familiar with the exponential technologies we're talking about, the implications of platforms, of blockchain, IoT, 3D printing, and all the rest. So it's important to, to help them up the learning curve in a safe environment. And the Digital Executive Forum is one such environment, but we find that uh, personal mentoring, executive coaching is really helpful. So they learn the fundamental skills and the mindset through projects by doing in a safe space. So then when they go to the Digital Innovation Forum or they attend a hackathon or something like that, they know the fundamentals of whatever the technology is. They know the basics 
of not just design thinking, but of the innovation framework. And um, uh, they're able to coach uh, in a good way. So let's say they're having a, a stand-up meeting in the Transformation Lighthouse and they're uh, reporting or they're listening to a report. They can coach the innovators presenting in a good way. And then they feel good. The board feels confidence and the people to get the feedback or energized. They say, whoa, the boss really likes this POC and gave us good suggestions. So um, our program comprises 101, 201, 301, and it's uh, 10 modules, about two hours, two and a half hours per module, usually bi-weekly. And it's a short lesson, maybe a tabletop simulation, then some practical work. Let's go and see something and apply what you've learned. And um, we find that it's a very good way to help build digital literacy among senior leaders in a safe way, in a humorous, lighthearted way. So that's what uh, uh, that's all about. Yeah, so the key, which is common to everything we do, is learn by doing. So it's all about applied learnings. And uh, just to finish up with the build the right culture element, um, one of the extension of those programs is to uh, run, help leaders run innovation challenges. So uh, you help uh, some business units um, crystallize what they're trying to do differently. And then you run a competition internally and or externally. Innobox program and Shark Tank are also the infrastructure we built so that basically the pragmatic innovators have the means to uh, try out and prove that their idea has actually traction. And they present it and report out to uh, the, the board, which is uh, set up as a shark tank, and they, based on what, based on the quality and the impression they deliver when they pitch the board, they get additional funding or not. We can come back to that in more details if you like. And makerspace showcases or cooperative accelerator setup are also very effective ways to basically showcase the power of new ways of working and um, make people work according to the target state without disrupting the, the core business to actually prove that it can be done. And then once this is done, and this at the beginning starts with the lab, a learning lab, uh, it becomes how do we make it the norm? How do we bring it back into the company? Yeah, it's neat. I love to you guys how you're um, in a way gamifying and it's gamifying, but also creating some branding around it, which people understand like the shark tank, that example you yeah. gave Lorena Gandalf. It's mm. impressive. It's wonderful. Uh, again, I think I've fresh eyes the past four or five years. It's wonderful to see executives in a hackathon or in an accelerator's or in a shark tank or makerspace, uh, ideating with hackers, with hipsters and gaining confidence thereby. And you can, you can feel the, the culture changing and they kind of smile. Hey, maybe I can do this. You know, it's not so scary. Yeah. yeah and, and to be clear, uh, all the credit regarding Gandalf goes to DBS. And that's also why they've been able to become one of the best uh, digital bank of the world. So mm. we've, we have, we've taken inspiration from the best. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Well done, DBS. So basically, it boils down to uh, sowing the seeds of uh, very important technologies like uh, pragmatic and ethical AI, blockchain, or Internet of Things in the soil so that we can then focus on building the digital innovation capability. And you might recognize the small symbol here, which is basically the enablers. So the enablers, back to what uh, Pascal was saying before, 
are boiling down the Pragmatic Innovators Academy, which is applied training, coaching, and certification program. In a long story short, you only get certified if we can measure a before and after impact. And the Pragmatic Innovators Network, which is a close-knit community of entrepreneurs organized around a center of excellence with regular exchanges of use cases, shared learning, and social support. Um, then you focus on fostering internal and external collaboration. So the internal collaboration goes back to the power of cross-functional teams, bringing hipsters, hackers, and hustlers together, but also ensuring that they always go back to the customer, whether it's the end user or the end customer, to validate whether or not they've done a good job. Um, innovation projects are also designed and run as showcases and learning labs because it brings the fear factor down. If it's a learning lab, the goal is to learn. So at least you try. If you don't achieve or don't succeed, there is no drama, at least you try. And the showcase is to make sure that everybody in the company who's interested can visit like a mini museum, observe, ask questions, touch, because it's very, very important to bring it to life and make it concrete for people. When it comes to external collaboration, um, typically in financial services, what I've observed is it's quite effective to um, try to accelerate your digital transformation through commercial pilots and collaborations or partnership with fintechs or insurtechs, which enables you to co-design product and services, not only with a customer, but with those partners. You can also um, walk around some of the hurdles associated with IT legacy by uh, running cloud-based data labs if you want to accelerate on the AI a driven transformation. And hackathon is a very strong way to not only run competitions, but uh, identify good talent that you might recruit after that. One of the core themes, if I may, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Toyota engineer in the 90s and uh, a lean uh, thinker the last four or five years working with Laurent. The, the core metaphor that occurs to me with respect to building a culture, building digital literacy, and in the activities we're going to describe is steroids. This is like innovation on steroids. It's learning on steroids. It's collaboration on steroids. So we know we have to use data, but it's not end-to-end. -end. It's not complete. It's not high quality. We don't really understand analytics, but we're going to partner in the ways Laurent described with our ecosystem and um, get our, you know, work our way up the data and AI uh, uh, learning uh, curve that way. And we're going to do that internally and externally and it's collaboration on steroids. It's, it's really quite inspiring. Uh, hackathons are, are wonderfully fun. And again, uh, for me, uh, uh, new and fresh and delightful. With one very quick proviso, which is, um the ethical component is really, really important because uh, there are many elements and emerging issues around data privacy and also the, the, the necessity to make sure that the algorithm are easy to understand as opposed to black box, which is how they are often referred to. So you need to basically being able to explain to the regulator and the society have you collected the data, what you've done with them, and how you've come about a decision. So yeah. the limitation of uh, pure AI. <laughs> it's key, but it's not so easy. Uh, 
can be done. And so what do you get uh, when you reach the top of the tree? When, when Pascal was referring to 101, 201, 301, basically that's our simplified approach to have modules around built, you know, enrich the soil, strengthen the trunk, and then uh, grow the fruits. So 301 is around protecting the core business, which is um, focusing on delivering a better experience. So uh, example of uh, interventions we've led uh, in retail banking is how to improve uh, customer onboarding uh, experience, how to deliver uh, credit soaring faster and better, how to uh, deliver a much better experience with home loan. And when you look at business banking, it's the same, but for business, business lending or business onboarding. Uh, in insurance, uh, digital underwriting, claims management. I mean, a typical example that Pascal and I really like is uh, how do you use IoT in insurance? Well, as everybody knows, with climate change, there is a surge of large-scale natural catastrophe. And if you want to survey very fast the actual impact uh, of the catastrophe on your clients or the, 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 the beneficiary of the insurance, say how much uh, crop they lost because of that fire or that flooding, you can actually use drone to survey that very, very fast, very accurately and very, in a very cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. When it comes to igniting new growth, uh, <laughs> then you're focusing on building new business, which is 302. Um, the, the, the new offerings example are a, a new digital SME lending product based on mobile, um, commercial pilots uh, around cross-border payments, because as we know, uh, you've got a tendency today in the market where a lot of people are trying to do banking without banks. So how do we keep on top of things? And um, in insurance, um, you've got, without giving names, you've got very interesting new offerings around employee benefits. What type of benefits, how you manage them, how do you bring again, um, what we call CAP, you know, Basically, um, is it clear and simple to understand? Is it adaptable to your changing circumstances? And is it personalized? In other words, give me evidence that you know me and that you are using the data you have on me for my, for my own benefit. Uh, a mobile app also to identify coverage gaps. So basically, you receive uh, insights. Hey, Brad, be careful. You and your family might have a, a, a coverage gap in this when you go to travel say in Japan or whatever. So those are real life examples. Perhaps Pascal, you want to give yeah. us some manufacturing examples? Yeah, um, we have a, a partner that manufactures um, high-end equipment for radiology labs, um, MRIs, uh, CT scans, X-ray equipment. Now, what does protect the core business mean for them? Well, the uh, customer journey Uh, is the key. So the customer is the radiologist and just as important, the radiology technologist. And if we can understand their journey, their pain points, their jobs to be done at a deep level, we have a chance to extend and deepen our offerings. So we are not just offering MRIs, we're fixing the entire customer journey. And why does that matter? Well, Radiology labs are a moneymaker for hospitals, which are usually cash-strapped. So we improve flow, and that allows the hospital to offset losses elsewhere. So it's a huge deal for the entire hospital. So 
protect the core business by improving the uh, customer journey, digitize what you can. Now, we've got all this equipment around the world. What does Ignite New Growth mean for a company like that? Well, through Internet of Things, through sensor technology, uh, we're able to gather enormous amounts of data about how this equipment works and how to maintain it better, how to get better results, how to improve uh, customer experience and patient outcomes. So if we can harvest that data and analyze it and gain new insights, we might be able to offer a range of benefits. As a matter of fact, we have the potential to create a platform. So we have thousands of hospitals around the world with very specific problems we create a platform that connects people with problems with problem solvers. These could be engineers, they could be technologists, they could be IT specialists, and create a marketplace to create value at an unprecedented scale. This is uh, the Amazon or Facebook model, if you will. We have a, a similar experience with another interesting company that makes um, equipment for the smart grid and that allows us to get far higher efficiencies on the grid and mitigate climate change because we need you know, to use less energy. So again, if we can use sensors, information of things, drones, and harvest all this data that's all over the world, and th these are big uh, pieces of equipment, usually switchgear related, um, if we can harvest that data and then partner with uh, the right people, we can analyze the data, gain insights, which will have enormous implications for utilities around the world. We will not have as many breakdowns. Um, we will not have as big a carbon footprint. So that's uh, a new business. Now we can take that to the next level, create a platform. Again, we have thousands of utilities around the world with very specific problems. We connect them with problem solvers, engineers, coders, hackers, et cetera, et cetera. And that's an entirely new business. And some manufacturers have had great success with that already. John Deere, the um, farming equipment manufacturer has a splendid platform called My John Deere, which does just that. They connect uh, farmers who have problems with irrigation, with um, fertilization, with crop yield, et cetera with people that can solve those problems through the My John Deere platform. So um, this is what um, protect the core business and ignite new growth looks like uh, uh, for manufacturing companies. It's all, all very, very exciting stuff. They're very powerful case examples, guys. Like I can see listening to those examples and what you're talking about there, that with harnessing digital disruption, you get the leadership on board and you connect the organization and develop them. You create this pragmatic innovators network and then through focused interventions in the work, you can get two outcomes that you're talking about. You can get innovation and rapid improvement to protect the core and amplify the customer experience. But then you can also ignite new growth through innovation and those new elements. And I love the part that you're bringing in that when it comes to ignite new growth, it's what partners are out there already that could become part of this team to help you do that versus having to reinvent the wheel the whole time yes. or build from scratch. And this is why we like to use the, the innovation tree uh, metaphor so much because it's all about an ecosystem, to your point, Brad. 
the best nobody has the time or the means to reinvent the wheel today because nobody has the t- so so uh, to bring together the right people to solve the the, the problem that matters is, is really what everybody is trying to do at the moment yeah but it platform you call it ecosystem platform ecosystem that's really what it boils down to yeah I just wanted to say again the importance of the mindset of end-to-end thinking, of collaboration, of experimentation uh, is essential because if you're not comfortable doing what Lodon described within your company, you know, uh, it's going to be hard for you to reach out and trust external people. And that means you're not going to be able to protect your core business, let alone ignite new growth in the way we're describing. Yeah. So guys, I, I can see that any listener in leadership or anywhere within the world or any industry I could see would be listening to this going, yeah, wow, that's what I need. Or, wow, I've got to amplify that. The million dollar question is what stops organizations achieving what you're talking about? What are the, some of the key elements for leaders to consider and be aware of? Well, it's what we call the four fights we need to win, basically. Um, Pascal, you want to start with fear, perhaps? Yeah, um, we spend a lot of time with, uh, with senior leaders and um, almost always they're capable, they're, they're committed to helping the company succeed, committed to their teams and the board, etc. But this is intimidating stuff. It's hard for anybody to keep up with the level of innovation in exponential technology and platforms and, and the like. So they're afraid of looking foolish, of looking incapable, um, uh, afraid of, of, of being the, you know, uh, uh, of failing people on my watch. You know, this is where our company really went down. So um, the countermeasure to fear is, as we said, the um, uh, mentorship is extremely important. Um, executive forums, practical use cases, build senior leaders' uh, confidence by doing in a, in a safe place with a light touch, with humor. And then they gradually see, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't have to be good at coding, but I have to, I, I think I understand how it works. And I think I understand microprocessors. And I think I understand what a platform is. And I, I think I can actually support this team in its blockchain intervention. Now, for the frontline and middle managers, uh, they, they have a, a practical fear of losing their jobs. Am I able to learn? Am I able to, to reskill? So you have to give them the practical tools. You need an innovation framework that's robust, teachable, and scalable. And that's what the innovators uh, 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 network is all about. Uh, you also have to give them mentorship and give them um, an easy way of innovating. So the InnoBox program is an example of that. So Pascal, fear is a big challenge at all levels by the sounds. And within your systems, there's ways to help support and overcome fear and help people get past that. Yeah, indeed. The, the, The second battle we need to fight is around removing as much as we can guesswork because um, as you know, there is a joke in the innovation community around how do you make decision in most traditional companies? It's called hippos, the highest persons, the highest paid person's opinion. Well, how about we replace that with, hey, I've got an idea. Um, 
and I will be able to prove whether or not this idea is sound through a series of experiments. Now, the other joke is by doing that, you bring with you your small Jedi master called Yoda. Yoda stands for bring your own data. So this is very, as you know, uh, close to the heart of Lean and Agile. Um, it's about scientific problem solving and Lean experimentation actually enables you to just prove or unprove an hypothesis, but it gives everybody the right to, to try new things and focus on data-driven decision-making. Wow, that's cool. So the second element of guesswork is all about the experimentation approach, but the experimentation approach with data and learning yeah. from that. Need. And in a controlled environment. So that's what's key, right? In, in, in highly regulated environments, you still can run experiments. You just need to ensure that if it doesn't work, there is no uh, pollution or contamination of the problem to the rest of the environment. Yeah, so that real targeted approach. Mm -hmm. I think another um, common blocker, uh, we call it scatter uh, or diffusion of effort. Um, often our aspiration is not clear and uh, our winning logic is not clear. Our digital vulnerabilities are unclear. Maybe we don't know what we don't know, which means we often jump to conclusions without data. And as a result, it's akin to somebody just pressing a whole bunch of buttons and hoping for the best. But as you know, um, we have a limited capacity. And if you um, overfill the pipeline, it turns to cement. So... Um, demoralization is the result. We run off in every direction and achieve very little. The countermeasure really is um, the transformation lighthouse and the related discipline of the management system, the operating rhythm. We meet every week. We have a stand-up meeting in front of our innovation funnel. Our innovation portfolio comprises these items supporting this hypothesis in support of our overall aspiration. And the portfolio fits together. This leads to that, leads to that, leads to that. We're starting with um, journey reform. Then we're going to build up to new customer journeys. And our, our longer term goal is, um, is uh, breakthrough innovation and, and new ventures. Uh, and um, we're going to um, sustain this culture throughout the organization right to the front line. Pascal, scatter is the other key element you've just said there. And I think, I know the amount of companies that you've helped in Australia stop scattering over the years. Like you are, you are the pinup of <laughs> stopping scatter with your work you've done. It's an amazing Thank piece you. to bring together. Thank you. The last but not least fight we need to win is around ignorance. So back to Pascal's point, uh, when you have a transformation lighthouse, it means that you've uh, deployed visual management across the company, and so ignorance of what's happening inside is gone because now can people can visualize what's in flight and what is the before and after impact. And programs like Gandalf or exposing people to uh, what's happening outside is also a way to attack ignorance of what's happening in the market. So in summary, the four fights that we need to fight and win are Fear, guesswork, diffusion of effort, and ignorance. Mm, wow. The thing I love, guys, about the book that you've written here 
is that you've covered that. Like I asked this question to guests, right? But you've written about this in the book. The book is so rich because it covers so much to enable people to really have a successful journey. Guys, the next question I want to ask is that as part of the Enterprise Excellence um, podcast and the work we're doing, we're doing two-minute tips now, two-minute knowledge tips that allow people to gain insights quickly. Maybe they can't listen to the podcast or listen to the watch the YouTube channel. But what would be the two-minute tip around harnessing digital disruption that you'd give to a leader right now who may be starting out or maybe looking to get involved in this space? Uh, for me, it would be um, focus on customer journey reform because that's the most effective, scalable and proven way to reform your company. So if you gradually turn your projects into customer journey initiatives, then you're, you're, you're on the right track. And I would add to sustain the transformation, build the soil, the leadership, culture, vision, digital hypothesis and strategy, build the muscles, you know, your pragmatic innovators, all the things we've talked about today. And then with respect to the fruit, um, define your uh, uh, innovation portfolio, make sure everything fits together. They link to one another, they link to your overall aspiration, and then you've got a good chance at sustaining it. Yeah, that's really neat. That's really neat. Guys, I appreciate all the knowledge so far. And Lorraine, I hit you with this question last time. I want to bring you into this now, Pascal. Pascal, what's been something that you've learned recently that's been an insight for you, something you didn't know before? Uh, when you bring the three H's together, you know, the cover of our book, hipsters, hackers, and hustlers, innovation follows. Uh, so it's innovation in your business for my case, also in my avocation of making music, bring hackers, hipsters, and hustlers together, give them an innovation framework and a good process and executive cover. Really good things will happen. It's amazing. And um, I'm looking forward to all the music that you bring out going forward to on that, Pascal. Thank so you. guys, I really appreciate the knowledge. Like, you two coming together has like been a perfect match of history and knowledge you have, Pascal, Lorraine, the work you've done and your knowledge on everything digital and finance. And it's certainly created an amazing book. And I'm looking forward to watching all the work you do in the future. Thank you both for helping us here and bringing this knowledge to the market and helping us create that better future. Guys, how can people reach out to you if they want to get in touch, learn more, get some help? digitalpathways.io is probably the, the best starting point. And we also can be contacted on LinkedIn. That's very easy. Very easy. Thank you, guys. So, guys, again, I really appreciate the time. Thank you for all the knowledge and effort you've put into these two episodes to help our listeners and help create that better future. And I really look forward to watching and knowing of your journey going forward. Thanks again, guys. Thank, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank Bye -bye. you so much. Bye for now. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. One, bring together hipsters, hackers, and hustlers. Number two, the network in the Pragmatic Innovators Network. With key takeaway number one, Pascal and Lorraine emphasized the power of bringing the three personalities of hipsters, hackers, and hustlers together in a cross-functional team to create focused interventions. These three personalities 
bring to a team the key elements required to think big, turn that big thought into a minimal viable product rapidly, and then release to learn from a target customer base. This simple step overcomes many of the challenges traditional innovation teams can have. The second key takeaway for me, create a network of pragmatic innovators is extremely powerful. Pascal Lorraine shared in this episode many systems and examples of how they help organizations create a network of innovation and communication to achieve focus through multi-tier strategy deployment, senior leadership engagement and review through the Shark Tank example, cross-team and business learning through hackathons, and partner networks to enhance and speed up the ignition of new growth. Networks are so important for focus, communication, and learning, as this episode demonstrates. Thank you again, Pascal and Loren, for bringing knowledge and expertise. This has been an amazing episode. Bye for now.